and welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week we hop into a rickety old boat and plunge deep into an adventure involving the explosive exploits of a trio of women who can all talk to animals. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Last week we released the historical film 490 about the uh, Battle of Ma- Marathon. Yes. And uh, Pheidippides and his run from uh, Athens to Sparta to mm. uh, to warn the Spartans. As I think everyone knows, they should have read in the, the trade magazines, <laughs> that won pretty much every award that there is to win. Yep. Uh, hugely successful. Yep. Um, and uh, there's talks of sequels, even though I think the... <laughs> Trophies are plenty. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, The character think, did die at the end of the film. It's spoiler, true. Spoiler alert. But, um, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, we, we, you know... We don't, we don't go into sequels for, for various <laughs> reasons, uh, um, but it has been a long time between recordings. A little while, yes, and there is good reason for that, and that is we've developed a theme park. Yeah, we've been spending our time uh, location scouting because yep. I think one of the things that Disney realized quite early on yep. is that um, having having the well, the happiest place on earth or yep. whatever, the the attraction to bring people in, the ho- holiday resort, the, mm. um, the, the thrill rides, the, yes. the character tie-ins, yeah. really marks Disney as a brand. Yeah. And and it's, it's sort of like these multifaceted things and we kind of thought, that's what we really need to. We yeah. need to get into a theme park. So we've been scouting locations around the world. Yep. Um, what was your favorite location that we, uh, that we went oh, through? Oh gosh, Marrakesh was just up there as one of those like, you know, bustling hubs of of activity that I feel like could also be augmented quite nicely with a theme park. Uh, I quite liked when we went to uh, we went sort of to Bavaria and various places for one of our, our yep. films a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there were a couple of nice forests in there that I felt like we could just wipe out and, yeah. and plonk so down I, a I was theme quite park. A, quite a fan of the island. It had that yep. very. So we went to Pitcairn Island, yep. uh, one of the most sparsely populated places <laughs> in the on the. And I yeah. really had that sort of Isla Nublar sort of like yeah, Jurassic. Yeah, yeah park kind of feel yep. where you know people could come to to yep. the the uh the island for a holiday yeah. resort and should there be some sort of accident we could quietly yeah. uh cover it up yeah and as the best character in that film suggests i.e Gennaro the lawyer we could charge anything for that kind of experience you know hundred thousand two hundred thousand having to fly to an island to experience our films and our our universe was priceless like yeah you pay anything for it and, and i mean currently we've got the arcades draw- drawing up the blueprints so yep. there's, there's three distinct zones for the yep. theme park we yep. have movie world, world uh film world and studio world um uh each each sort of themed with uh attractions and rides and yeah, holidays yeah. and characters the, the characters you've known to grow in love yeah from exactly to kill a gold and adventure children and and k k and i g hds you've got some uh the uh the, the the even just from uh, from last week four ninety uh, yeah Philippines yeah. is there um, the the, the histor- we've got the historical section as well which yep. has got Asham and Marlow Triple uh, X presents of course um, a, a lot of different things you I mean they're, they're characters you know and love and, and and just like Disney they're consummate professionals they never break character you yep. you always f- you're in the world there yep. now we do have uh, a spot left for a, a a new property actually a new film we've actually already designed the ride so but it's it's got no branding on it no no nothing it's just basically some kind of carriage on some kind of track that does all sorts of actiony things now disney's obviously had great success in the in recent history in 
pilfering their own theme park rides to make films. <laughs> so we've decided that... The most famous of which being Pirates, Pirates of, of the, the Caribbean. Caribbean yeah. yeah, But there will be more films joining that roster, as we'll see later on in this episode. Yeah, it's actually I, kind of funny you mentioned that. Yeah, I feel like they're onto a winner there. So I feel like we will make... Uh, we'll make a film. We'll do it the opposite way that Disney do it. Disney made the ride first and then they made the film. We've got integrity. We're going to do the film first and then make the ride out of it. Uh, but the problem is it's already a ride that has... <laughs> uh, you, you sit in it, you ride along a kind of roller coaster track. So whatever film we create probably has to have something to, like that. I mean, you say that and I think as we're about to talk about, it's not always the case. Like the no. Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean ride is just a boat that sails through the town of Tortuga yeah. and... I've only been there since Pirates of the Caribbean was released and like every little animatronic station you uh, come up across like Jack Sparrow pokes his head out of a barrel. Yeah. I don't think Jack Sparrow was in any of the original. It was just the pirates. He is an original character. And it makes me like wonder what was so good about these rides. (laughs) Like it is literally nothing. you, You go along and there's a bar scene with a bunch of drunk pirates. Yeah animatronic drunk pirates and then you go along and it's like hey it's outside the bar yeah. with a bunch of animatronic drunk pirates I feel like and you do that for about 10 minutes and you get off and I'm yeah. like I queued for two hours <laughs> I think they're because they're rides that have been there for, for years and years and years and they've built up a kind of like mythos uh, yeah. yeah yeah even though they're not that good like Space Mountain on the other hand was fantastic <laughs> All right, let's get into the films for this week's episode. And first up for you today is Jungle Cruise, directed by Jomay Collet-Serra and starring Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt and Jack Whitehall. Legend has it there is a tree in the Amazon that possesses unparalleled healing powers. And the arrowhead is the key to unlocking it. Stop her! Hello. Uh, Just wanted you to know this has been mislabeled. Shipping outlets? Of all the jungle cruises you can take in the Amazon, this one is undoubtedly the cheapest. But also the most thrilling. Heads up, coming through. Look out! Marauders. Natives. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for. The backside of water. Steve's wonder of the world. So this kind of feels, at least from the opening bits of the trailer, kind of like Emily Blunt might be playing a a female Indiana Jones, like an adventuring book smart slightly out of her depth but on a adventure to some sort of mythic treasure yeah uh right and it's not too far off the mark but in case you didn't get the subtle clues we were laying down with the talk about the the theme park is this is a film called jungle cruise and it is based off the disney ride jungle cruise which is a boat that goes around a jungle type area <laughs> as uh like animatronic uh, hippopotamuses and, happen, uh yeah. you know tribes people shop and wow. that's that's where they kind of jam this in where when she goes to the jungle Dwayne the rock johnson is there he's the captain of a steamboat and to show the you know the the sense of the Amazon or the sense of the the jungle that that's there. He drives around his yeah. boat, and they're attacked by animatronic hippopotamuses. See, the, and the only uh, reason this film, people. the only reason this film exists, is brand recognition, right? Because this is if this film had come out and there was no actual ride along, you know, of the same name, 
one, it's a terrible name for a film. Yes. Two, no one's going to see it. It's a kind of like a, it's a film that has been done better elsewhere. So like the there's a the immediate scene at the start is like Emily Blunt uh, balancing on a ladder inside a kind of museum, it's which is the, the exact mummy. same thing from The Mummy. Rachel Weisz from The Mummy, exactly. Exactly. Like, we've done it with Tomb Raider, we've done it with Indiana Jones, and I'd argue that they've done it much better, but this has a brand attached to it. So I, I tell you what, the, the the steamboat down the Jungle River reminds me quite a lot of Anaconda. Yep. Um, with, uh, who is that, John Voight, I believe? Yeah. The captain of the boat. That one, I think this has a distinctly different feel from Anaconda, yeah, but <laughs> it's, it has been done before. I was going to say it reminds me of Fitzcarraldo, but I don't think that this film is going to go anywhere near that. So the, I suppose probably the more surprising thing is that this hasn't been done earlier. Cause, yeah. Because Pirates of the Caribbean is what, 2001, 2002? Huh, somewhere 2001, yeah. Um, and... That was that was it massively successful. Yeah, a lot of the naysayers came out and said, "Hey, you can't make a film based around uh, on, on a, a an animatronic yeah. uh, ride that has no plot or story." And um, Disney turned around and said, "Well, uh, we're going to make one of the highest <laughs> grossing beer. movie franchises <laughs> in history." Yeah, um, and like surely at that point, the movie studio executives should have realized that this is this is where we need to get our ideas from. Yeah, yeah. Like, where's where's the Disney teacup ride? Where, where's the... It's a small world after yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. Like, where's these, the admissions line and, and exa- stuff like that? These, like, these should have been things that are coming out thick yeah, and fast and yeah. it's taken them a good, almost like 15 to 20 years yeah. to, to come out with think Jungle it, Cruise. Think how easy it would be. No pesky rights management, no, like, having to license an old book and figure out who's got copyright for this and that you own it all exactly Just use it uh, but anyway go and see this later when it comes out it's kind of disappointing i really like emily blood i think she's a fantastic actress yeah she's been really good she she can do um uh adult drama yep. kids comedy the music the singing action it's kind of disappointing to see her in a film that like we always talk about with disney um like nutcracker in the four realm and dumbo and everything it just kind of looks like green screen stuff with these sickly yeah. over computer generated backgrounds yeah um i think pirates at least had the sense to make their pirate ship it felt like a practical did, ship yeah, it, like they were all sort of operating on you can see when johnny depp get using the axe to cut the ropes yeah. to free the ship he digs into these beautifully crafted wooden banisters and i'm just like oh that like this it feels what, tactile whereas this, this feels happened. all computer generated it's this is horrible. what happens when you get gore verbinski as a director and he's like right this film's called pirates in the caribbean so we will film it in the caribbean and that's exactly what they did and it looks brilliant because of it it absolutely does they filmed pirates of the caribbean 2 there they they built an like an almost entire village uh for the um where the like settlers actually live not the native stuff like it it's incredible the amount of stuff that and they built actual pirate ships and it looks so good and then this comes out and it's like yeah i'm sure you guys maybe got wet at some point when the tank water fell on you but it's kind of always the establishing shots that feel the most unreal, the most sort yeah. of unsettlingly not part of our world. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what they're doing with those shots because they're the ones that are completely computer generated. Yeah. At least everything else you're kind of like, I can kind of see that Emily Blunt and Dwayne The Rock Johnson at least had maybe a steering wheel of the tugboat <laughs> to like grab onto, even if like the railings and the glass and everything else around them is completely fake. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well. On to the next film for this week's episode, which is Charlie's Angels, directed by Elizabeth Banks and starring Christian Stewart, Naomi Scott, and Ella Belinsky. Hello? 
You're in grave danger. Get out of there now! Open safe house six. Welcome to the Townsend Agency. I run a covert group of exceptional women. So you guys are like lady spies. We work outside the rules. I don't like that, boy. In secret, together. You may not know we exist, but we are always watching. Who steals humanitarian aid money? You are in the presence of angels. So, you want to train to be an angel? Hell yeah. Give me my wings. Let's go! Where do you think you're going? You need to land this bird, Hoffman! What? Believe it or not, this is actually a continuation of the first two Charlie's Angels films starring Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, and Drew Barrymore that came out in the early 2000s. 2000, I think, was I believe, the first Directed one. by McGee. McGee. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, so the idea with this one is actually the same idea that they used for MIB International, which is the organization Charlie's Angels has gone international, and therefore it's absolutely fine to have multiple versions of Charlie's Angels running around the world uh, who are controlled by multiple versions of Bosley. I don't know if you know the lore of Charlie's Angels very well, but effectively there's a guy called Charlie who only speaks through a speakerphone. You never see him. Um, you only hear his voice. He uh, gives missions to the angels and they are also facilitated by... It has been in the past a man called Bosley uh, and in this one it's played by Elizabeth Banks who's playing one of the Bosleys. So just their handler, really. Exactly, yeah. So we've got a brand new cast of angels, uh, brand new director in Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks as well, and I mean it looks fun ish. Ish. Yeah, it's it's got definitely more of like a hard edge or to it where there's a lot of they they make jokes about day drinking. There's kind of like this sort of maybe punk, maybe not punk rock aesthetic, but yeah. it's, it's definitely like a, a clubbing sort of nightlife aesthetic to it yeah. that is kind of missing. The, the, I mean, the other Charlie's Angels are their um, uh, action star, but it's, it's a bit girly, a bit more girly than that. I think they really play up the fact that the girls were well, This one is just like, no, we're, we're you know, also I, yeah. action. I literally think it's just following the, the sort of times that um, the, the films are set in. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Charlie's Angels in, in the, in the year 2000s, I guess back in the day was kind of sort of seen as empowerment, but you look at it now and it's just like, Oh, that's, it's a that's bit not, too overly sexualized. Yeah, that, that, kind of that ain't, that's not empowerment Having at said all. that, unlike that one, they did get three A-listers. They did, um, yeah. Which Very uh, well-known actresses. In this one, Kristen Stewart's probably the only recognizable face. The, yep. one of the girls who plays a bit more of the, um, Oh, I think possibly nerdy book smart kind of I think she's pr- the newest recruit so she's, she's a little bit more fish out of water perhaps she played the the pink ranger in uh, Power Rangers which yes. we've done on this podcast Naomi uh, Scott is uh, her name and uh, who Elizabeth Banks was uh, also playing Rita Repulsa in that same indeed, film indeed yeah so maybe they uh, that's where they met and that's why Elizabeth has cast her the, the final one uh, the final angel whose name I don't remember Ella Belinsky and who whose IMDb profile lists nothing of Very note that she's little, been in. Yeah. Um, maybe this is her breakout performance. Maybe in... Yeah. How long ago was the other change? Like 18 years ago? Maybe yeah. in 18 years from now, yeah. she'll be as as well-known as Drew Barrymore, <laughs> Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz are today. So um, it looks it looks interesting. There's some definite moments of pretty decent action in there as well. Yep. Um, unlike some of the other stuff we've watched, it doesn't look overly computer-generated. No, it's kind of real. Yeah. Um, 
Elizabeth Banks, uh, I think she directed the, the Pitch Perfect sequels. She did, yeah. Not the first one. Seems to f- find a way to jam herself in as <laughs> one of the characters into the film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Like She's good. I really like her. I think she's got scene. good comedic yeah. timing and styling and she's a fun personality. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if... If we were going to see a director, like the director of a Charlie's Angels film in a Charlie's Angels film, I'm glad it's Elizabeth Banks and not McG. <laughs> not McG. Uh, anyway. Although but- I think McG could have played the Crispin Glover <laughs> from the first Charlie's Angels. I, kind I think of wonder, if this is set there. in the same universe, if we're going to get the same kind of odious uh, cameo appearances that you usually get with films that have a tenuous connection to films of the past. So in the same way that um, the Ghostbusters reboot a couple of years back uh, featured... Dan all, all the actors playing Sigourney Weaver and unrelated characters. Are we going to see Cameron Diaz, well, Drew Barrymore, or even the original Angels? Is Farrah Fawcett still kicking along? about? Possibly. I, don't know. I, I, I genuinely feel as though they're going to try and hide the fact that Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu are in this film and have cameos. Yep. And then when no one goes and sees it, uh, the sport, that, that's going to be the twist. The twist is never revealed because it's not a popular enough film for Wasn't actual people. Bill to go Murray see. in in one of the Charlie's Angels films. He as was. Well? He Wasn't played he playing Bosley. He, I think he played Bosley in the first one, and then Bernie, no Bernie, Bernie Mac, Mac, yeah, Bernie Mac may have played it. I think he passed away, and then so Bill Murray came in to uh, play it, yeah, or right. possibly some. some I could have sworn they were both in the same film at some point. I, I thought they played Bosley in alternate in right. the in the sequel, but Look, again, it's going to turn out that. Drew Barrymore is actually playing Patrick Stewart at some point, so <laughs> and she's doing a damn good job because that is a spot-on Patrick Stewart impersonation. Um, yeah, go and see this later this year. Final film for this week's episode is simply called Doolittle, directed by Stephen Gangan and starring Robert Downey Jr., Antonio Banderas, and Michael Sheen. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you And I think to myself Are you Dr. Doolittle? We've no choice but to embark on this perilous journey. Everyone pack your bags! (laughs) You can talk to animals. So this film, also a Disney film, falls into so many of the traps that we talk about uh, it's got the pared down cover of a classic. Yep. It's got a title that is just the character's surname. Yep. It's got a overly computer generated um, uh, establishing shots and talking animals. It has a two slide long list of named <laughs> actors who are um, either being there physically or just lending their vocal performances for all of the talking animals. Yep. Um, this is... Doolittle. Uh, um, if you're not familiar with the story, it is a man who can talk to the animals. Yeah. Just imagine it. The ultimate vet. Can we just talk about how many accents Robert Downey Jr. can do? It's very unclear as to what he's trying to do in this one. We eventually settled on Welsh. Yeah. Uh, he He's doing an impersonation of Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> who he 
himself is trying to disguise his Welsh <laughs> accent and possibly sound slightly more English. Yeah. So he's doing a Welsh person trying to sound English. He's doing it quite well. Doing well, yeah. Um, Even though we thought it was South African initially. It was, initially. It, we'll, we'll chalk it up to the to the speaker sound quality that we couldn't quite get the timbre of his voice. Uh, it's, a, it's another film where he gets to watch, like, uh, where Victorian... Uh, yeah, garb. And, top and tails yeah. and... Um, Fresh off Sherlock, yeah, straight Sher- into Doolittle. He's doing a third Sherlock, isn't oh, he, is, he, at yeah, the moment? absolutely. Yeah. Is, uh, oh, what's his face? Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie coming I believe back? so. Yeah, okay. Um, so, it's not really clear what um, this film specifically is going to be about. This is more of a vague action set piece kind of trailer. Uh, but there is a, a thing in here where a war, like he's got uh, like an orangutan on a, a ship yeah. um, and a bunch of his animal friends and a warship is shooting cannonballs at them. Yeah. Again, in, in the 2019 Disney style, they're comp- completely computer generated rather than mm. the 2001 Verbinski um, pirate ships, which kind of felt like we're actually exploding. Yep. But for a family kids film, family friendly fun film yeah. about talking animals, having like like uh open navy open sea naval battles kind of seems a little bit out of place did uh what was the equivalent uh, uh battleship scene in the dr Doolittle version that eddie murphy was in see eddie murphy i don't think that one was based on the the original novel because that was on the modern day one where he's actually a vet and he, he he's freaking yeah. out because he can suddenly understand animals in the 1960s rex harrison one i think he meets might be a parrot who can speak all of the languages. Right. And so he learns how to speak all of the languages from the parrot because the parrot can also speak English. And you have that so musical montage. The, sorry, effectively the parrot is more talented than Dr. Doolittle. Yes, but he teaches Dr. Doolittle to be talented. And then he, he like goes to an island and it's he sails inside a giant sea snail and then right. get, gets a giant lunar moth to fly them off the island. Okay. It's a little bit bizarre, a little bit surreal. Sure. You have a push me pull you, which is like a, a tube, like a cat dog style llama, <laughs> um, which All is, right. and, and he sings, if I could talk to the animals, just imagine it chatting to a chimp and chimpanzee. Yeah, imagine yeah. talking to a tiger, yeah. chatting with a cheetah, yep. what a yep. great achievement it would be. <laughs> um, I'm not sure the this Robert Downey Jr. one is a musical. No, it's not. It's a it's 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 a live action film in the same vein of Disney's other current trend of live action films, except this one's. But I mean, if you if you told me that in the middle of Nutcracker they break out the song and dance, I go, yeah, that makes sense. Or even in Dumbo, yeah, are there musical sequences in Dumbo? I haven't watched any of them. I don't actually. I don't actually know. But I, I'm pretty certain that this isn't a musical. Didn't thing. they do that for Sweeney Todd though? Didn't like but Sweeney someone... Todd is a musical. I know, but yeah. wasn't the original trailers? They tried to mask the fact that they were doing it as they, a musical. Yeah, and, and try to go hey this is a dark and mysterious tim burton johnny depp yeah. collaboration yeah. and then people wouldn't watch it it's like no you've just you've put all the songs in because it's a musical <laughs> and i don't want to listen to johnny depp singing in an english accent <laughs> yeah but this is like pre hamilton and pre the renaissance of uh, of musicals so I, I feel that 2019 everyone wants a good musical so they're not going to hide the fact that a film is a musical it's possible whereas Sweeney Todd was like what 2005 I think or 2006 uh, I want to go a little bit later I was working as a projectionist would have been about 2009 sure but post Pirates of the Caribbean Johnny Depp at his sort of biggest peak uh, in a while everyone wanted to see Alan Rickman was still alive oh yeah he oh, was man. too oh, that's nice a sad days. 
Well, just to add on to the sadness, did you know that the uh, Eddie Murphy... How many sequels do you think the Eddie Murphy Dr. Doolittle film I'm only had? aware of the one sequel, Dr. Doolittle. Well, too. you're incorrect. There are four sequels. Is Eddie Murphy in all of them, though? He is not. Yeah. So... He, he didn't come back after two, did he? No, he didn't. Uh, so we've got uh, Dr. Doolittle, 1998. Dr. Doolittle 2 in 2001, the last film to star Eddie Murphy. Then we have Dr. Doolittle 3 in 2006, uh, who is the daughter of Eddie Murphy's character and I believe played by the same actress as well uh, and then we move into the real horrible like director video Dr. Doolittle 4 again starring the daughter uh, it is called Tale to the Sh- to the Chief and the DVD box art does feature the White House and the doctors standing in front of it Tale Tale to the Chief T-A-I-L T-A-I-L yeah Tale to the Chief Tale to the Chief and then uh, the final sequel Dr. Doolittle 5 is the fifth one it's called Dr. Doolittle Million Dollar Mutts. Still stars uh, the same daughter and the same actor, but she doesn't appear on the DVD cover anymore. It's just the animals. Just the animals. Well, so you know. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, yeah, so, you know, whether or not this new version of Dr. Doolittle will have the same uh, amount of iterations as the previous ones remains to be seen. But I'd like to see how... It, it seems like less of a... What do they call it? A reimagining? It's not a remake. It's a reimagining. A recontextualization. Um, yeah, exactly. So I don't think this exists in the same universe the, in the same way that the Charlie's Angels films do. Uh, but I'd, I'd be curious to see how many films Roger, uh, Roger Robert Downey Jr. comes back for to play... Uh, if, if he's known for anything now, it's that <laughs> if Disney pays him enough, he'll come back for the sequel. So, oh, so we're going for the Dr. Doolittle uh, cinematic universe now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Great. Can't wait. All right, those are the three films for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. All right, let's have a quick recap of this week's films. First up, we have... A action-adventure based on a... Theme park ride. Theme park ride, exactly. Sure. Uh Secondly, we have a reimagining of a 60s TV show slash early 2000s action all-female spy thriller. Yes. And finally, we have a remake of a talking animal film. Sure. But uh, based think, on a series of books. Based on I a guess. series of books. Yeah. I think I think the, one of the big draw cards, this is the same thing that happened to Lion King, where it's just yep. like title card of these big named, like how are they going to jam all these? Oh no, they're, they're just voice performances. That's yeah, how they've exactly. managed to yep. afford them all. Cause it's just like, Hey, yeah. want to come into a studio for one day and record <laughs> all of your lines and not have to spend like three months on set? It's like, yeah, I'll what, do that. Want for- to pretend you're interacting with other notable actors, but don't actually have to do it at all. Then come into a recording studio and do an animated film. I heard a story where, um, uh, apparently Bruce Willis now demands for his roles a million dollars a day. Oh, wow. So all of the films that he's in are either like these weird sort of like one day cameos yep. or uh, they get him for five days and shoot in Bulgaria. <laughs> it's like blows out all the entire budget to get him there. Yep. So yep. Um, I think that's what Disney's doing is just like, hey, we've got a massive budget because we have all the money in the world. Yep. Um, if it's only going to take half a day for Kumail Nanjiani to come in and record all of his lines for the otter or whatever character they've got him to play, we can, you know, send him like $100,000 for a day's work. Yeah. And uh, and then what, it just looks that much more impressive on our title card when yeah, we exactly. have a million A-list yeah. celebrities on there. Yeah, exactly. 
Alright, I believe that I chose for the previous episode. So I think the choice is made for me. I think Movie Film Studios, having opened a theme park, yep. that we, we are looking to expand our attractions, yep. um, and the fact that Jungle Cruise is... Uh, uh, is that it, it exists is, i think we do need to take from dr doolittle and get talking animals uh, oh, okay involved yep. or, or at least an opportunity for a lot of voice actors it yep. doesn't necessarily have to be through animals i don't know how we do it otherwise <laughs> but uh but a, a lot of voice actors that we can get in yep and where disney has two screens full of a-list actors i want three three yep <laughs> Okay, so we are taking from Doolittle. So I guess uh, the premise, really we can do anything with this. Like there are limitless possibilities. Uh, So do we want to... I mean, look. I think if, if we're doing the Jungle Cruise and Pirates of the Caribbean style ride, yep. it has to be a vehicle. Yep. And it has to be going somewhere i suppose vehicles do right yeah but maybe we need a vehicle that can hold a lot of passengers as well because Ooh. then it means that we can jam more people onto the ride when it sets off see I'm, i've got murder on the orient express kind of yep. like not necessarily that but like trains trains, trains on the yeah. line. uh what else like i've been on i think the- it needs to be kind of I, what i really like about theme parks is when they attempt to recreate the experience of a vehicle uh, but not actually use the same set. So like when they do, uh, like you're on a river or something like that, but it's clearly just, you're on a vehicle that's on a track. It's all very controlled. The, and there's the track, water. the track, even though, yeah. like, I suppose that's the, the, um, uh, the truthfulness of a train is you can see the track that it's on. Yeah. Whereas when the boat's like, Hey, this is actually just a fiberglass carriage yeah. that is on an underwater track. Yeah. Um, I, I really like stuff like that. There's a, in universal studios in, in Anaheim or in, uh, California, uh, when you do the, the, the studio tour, they're on like actual buses. But then at one point, the buses clearly lock into a mechanism, which then tips everything up to simulate an earthquake during a particular part of the ride, right. which is quite cool. I do like that, but it also leaves us with the uh, can, can with you, a film about a bus. <laughs> can you imagine a, a movie uh, studio tour? And I think we might implement this in uh, in the movie film studios yep. uh, theme park yep. where you're on golf carts like they have <laughs> like they have in a uh, movie uh, yeah, but yeah. the golf carts are on tracks yep. so you can't ever really really go off that yeah um i'm not sure we didn't actually ever release it did we because it was lost to time our yeah. time travel episode did heavily feature a time traveling it did, actually, I was golf wonder- cart. I, it did spark up a memory there but i think our future selves are coming back to erase that particular memory yeah, they've right already now. done it yeah uh, what about okay so what about a, a, like an Omni vehicle? So I, I'm thinking of like Bond's Lotus Esprit from uh, one of the Roger Moore films where it drives straight off a road into water and becomes a submarine. I kind of like a, a, a ride that becomes different things as you go okay. along. So you have a the, little like, bit magic school bus. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So are we going to steal the idea of the magic school? Because I think I, I really like the idea of the ride. You, you say, hey, now the, now the thing's going to shrink down. And yeah. it's not that the bus shrinks down, it's that we then yeah. just build these enormous sets. Like yeah, yeah, everything exactly. starts to look yeah, bigger and yeah. you kind of feel like you're shrinking as you're and going forward. And we've got tons of land in that undescribed island that yes. we, uh, we bought for um, a mere pittance to put uh, giants uh, props on. So yeah, let's do that. So we won't make it a magic school bus, but no, we'll make it like some kind of... I'm reminded of like the fantastic journey and, and stuff the yeah. fantastic voyage where they like journey inside a human Inner body. space that sort of yeah these kind of mystical fantastical uh, time or like you know like uh, 
Doctor Who's TARDIS, TARDIS and stuff. I think I, I feel like it needs to be a little bit more family friendly. Yep. In terms of like, instead of being like a sci-fi vehicle, it's just, hey, it's just, just a, the everyday. Just a which is why that that yellow school bus is quite yeah. iconic. Is, is there anything that's sort of like quite sort of similar? Yeah, Toyota Tarago. Tur- the Tarago is definitely the <laughs> the family van of the, the Australian nineties. <laughs> the, the iconic minivan of of Australia. It does have a different name in New Zealand, so we will get... Um, yeah, and this is great. So, like, if you... I don't know how we're going to get different names in there, but maybe if you turn up and say you're from New Zealand, we'll subtly change the names of all the branding on the vehicle to make it... I think it's, like, the Privis or something in, in New Zealand. But anyway, Toyota Tarago, the ride. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it won't be... Okay, no, no, it won't be Toyota Tarago, the ride. It'll be, like... The film that we're making features an ordinary family who have an extraordinary vehicle along the lines of, like, say, um, uh, Bertie. Not Bertie. Um, Herbie the Lovebug. Herbie the Lovebug, yeah. Okay, I like this. The, the, the car is Iconic, a character. Yeah, Herbie is iconically a I, VW I just, bu- uh, Beetle. I love the way that when, like, things go wrong, Herbie's, like, bonnet will open. That yeah. It's like, hey, you're reacting to the things exactly. that are happening around you. Yeah. You're a sentient vehicle. Yeah. I kind of maybe like the idea of it's a little bit Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yep. Where potentially it's a family of scientists. Yeah. And, and, that, and that way they have, like, maybe a talking, yeah. a talking animal as well. We've taken the Back to the Future approach of just using an existing car... Uh, that they've then, you know, retcon not retcon, but they've then gone through and used as a for a scientific purpose. Is there a a more modern equivalent of that Tarago? Is there like a uh, like Chrysler do something along the same lines? They don't and- really. You don't really make a family minivan style thing where it has no. a big open sliding door on the side, and you yeah. have to press the lever for the seat to go forward. To Hyundai fit, do one, but fit I- the six kids yeah. in the back and the six kids in the middle and the six kids in the front <laughs> row, and then the. Um, yeah, but it doesn't matter. But I think part of it will be we'll bring back the classic, like the the Tarago, which if you haven't seen it, is just like a big a big minivan. Uh, it has doors on sliding doors on each side, a big boot can hold maybe nine people. I, I think it's a nine. A nine, nine it's, a, it's a people mover. Yeah, it's for for big families yep. that uh, that just keep growing. I yep. think. There's a little bit of uh, lost in space kind of yeah, yeah, elements absolutely. to this yep. as well. Perfect. So it's it's that sort of you're getting that very nostalgic Disney feel yep. of the, um, uh, the 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 family that has like a certain number of you yep. know people involved in it. They're all sort of uh, have their unique personality yep. traits. Uh, there's there's a very scientific approach to yep. it where. Uh, the car sentient, maybe one or two of the animals are sentient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly there's a, a Danger Will Robinson style uh, uh, the, the family, android robot kind of character as well. The family definitely have pets and the pets all communicate to each other in their own language, but obviously the humans can't. And it's kind of like Garfield, I guess. Uh, where oh, yeah, cool. It's not really clear whether or not John can understand what <laughs> Garfield's thinking. But anyway, um, we'll do it that way. I also like... So you know how Jungle Cruise is kind of just reminds you of other better films? Yes. I, I like that idea as well. So I feel that we will take a little bit from the not very well-seen sci-fi film Primer, uh, okay. whereby <laughs> the family is trying to make something with their Tarago, some particular experiment, which doesn't go right and instead creates the sentient Tarago that we come to know and love. Right, okay. And becomes part of the family, a la Flubber as well, yep. I guess. Why not throw in another Disney property while we're at it? So what? I, first of all, what experiment were they trying to do with this Tarago? It was, it was supposed to be self-driving. Self-driving, but they, perfect. But they made it way too smart. Put in way and, too much AI. And it, like, yeah, they, they went in, it's like, we just need it to recognize the road. Uh, you know, and then when you know, they're uploading the maps, they accidentally uploaded, like, the entirety of the internet yep. and it became a super yep. smart, In fact, you know car. what? 
they have a baby they have a toddler the toddler's also super smart its thoughts are voiced by a prominent voice actor that we'll cast later so no one else can hear it but we just sort of hear the running monologue the baby accidentally puts in additional code yes which makes the car incredibly smart I so think it was so. purely accidental it was just supposed to yeah. rest of the family has no idea how it's happened but basically yeah the car is now fully sentient yep, so we've got fully self-aware super smart baby yep we have what, what, what's, what's the pet that oh, they have a dog talk? a cat fish like are they all are they all talking or like yeah, i don't, I don't want to overcomplicate. so does all of the, each of the kids have their own pet or what's the go there um no i think they just have like the, the traditional family pets so they've got a fish tank I, I feel as though it needs to be a bit weirder than just a dog or a cat like maybe like a, a, a teacup oh, okay. pig or something or an axolotl what was what's something that you would um, uh, that you're likely to find in like a science lab, a guinea pig, an, an axolotl, actually. Okay, salamander. I mean, it's, it's probably a bit too small to sort of really like take up a seat in the in the van. I kind of yeah, feel like you have the nine seats. You kind of want nine distinct. Uh, yeah, but I would assume that you'd put the axolotl in its tank and put that on the seat. And because the Tarago has the space to haul all the types of luggage that you need to carry with you, um, you can fit a tank You know what's when When the, the vehicle shrinks down, I think yep. axolotls have a thing where they, they're immune to shrink rays. And so <laughs> you have like a human-sized axolotl yep. when everyone else is really tiny. Yeah, that's great. You definitely have one of the kids is an android. Uh, oh, they have a... Ro- like, this is Jetson style. They have a robot, uh, a yeah. robot helper as well. It's not a helper. It's one of their kids. That's D- one of their kids. Don't think so you know 1970s where robots are our slaves that's no, true, we're yeah. in the 2020s where robots, robots are, uh, are equally loved members of our family and yep. we're not putting burdening them with doing all our menial so tasks bicentennial man i guess is A the model bit, there sure. <laughs> another disney film i'm pretty sure uh all right great uh so what can does this car so this car is sentient but i think it needs to have other abilities as well so it needs oh, it can definitely it, turn into a submarine turn into a plane yep it can shrink itself down time travel uh oh, we have to time travel how easy is that to do on a ride you just go through and just buy a whole bunch of vintage props and stuff and throw it ev- and throw it everywhere suddenly you're in the in the 70s and and uh it's i mean it's super easy to make rides like that it's just really the cost of importing all that goods to the to the island. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think, I mean, anything that any vehicle has ever had the ability to do, yep. our Tarago has has the ability to do ah, as well. War, it has to be warfare as well. It has to have some kind of offensive uh, capabilities. But it never uses, it's a pacifist. It's a pacifist, it's, yeah. It, it, it's loaded out with all of that sort of stuff. No, you know what, it's, it's loaded out with weapons that um, are non-lethal. Oh, right, A yeah. lot of like darts and nets and and sort of stuff that just sort of deals concussive blows but doesn't actually kill or maim or anything like that and i like the idea that as part of the ride you get up to a section where in the film it's like an action-packed scenario where there are let's say killer robots I oh, yeah it's it, it is it is a uh, time machined into the future it's where parallel dimension yeah where robots um oh there's there's the plot of our story yeah where they are the family who's taken the robot in and treated them as if it's a it's they're one of their own ch- children. Yep. But when they time travel into the future, they found that the rest of humanity hasn't been as progressive. Yep. And they've treated their robots poorly. There's been some sort of uprising. Great. They have to solve the world's problem through the power of love. Yep. So, <laughs> so this has turned into AI now. Uh, a little right. bit. Yeah. I, I did say the power of love, which is a little bit of a Huey Lewis and the news. Yeah. From okay. Back to great. The future, That's so. great. But we'll do the slow, mournful version of Power of Love, which we'll get some indie singer to do. It'll be not completely unrecognisable as the song that you know from Back to the Future, but that's our little subtle, like, callback to that film as well. All right, cool. 
This, actually, I think Back to the Future is back in time. And it's, no, no, it's a very similar. Power of Love is in that film. It is? As well, okay, yeah. cool. And back in. Every it opens Huey, with Back in Time. Every Huey, Huey we'll Lewis song. We'll get Ray Park Jr. to do covers of <laughs> Huey Lewis and the News songs, and hopefully this time he won't get sued. <laughs> All right. So going back to the offensive bit, I like the idea that the ride stops in an area like the film where it's like the ravaged future a la Terminator. Uh, and the people on the ride can actually use the dials inside the ride car to shoot nets and stuff at the, uh, you know, attacking animatronic enemies that are coming towards them. So it's like, this is like beyond your normal theme park ride. uh, There's actually, so one of the newest rides that they have at Disney is the Avatar Land. Oh yeah. And apparently it's like, uh, they now have three out of the top five largest cinema screens in the world. Yep. You're riding one of the dragons through the skies of pandora yeah but you're sort of sitting on it like it's a motorcycle yeah apparently it has mechanics inside it where because you're on a living creature it will actually expand and contract like it's Ooh. breathing like you feel like you're actually on this oh, thing that's like, good. so I, I really like the idea of like putting all of this like as much reality as much of this augmented stuff that you you feel as though you're I, so a part of I, I, the world yeah i want it to feel like we like the film is uh, so the ride itself is like the real experience, and the film is like the like yeah. imagined the reimagining, reimagining we'll get, you know, of Tim it. Burton yeah. or someone to come along and do the the version of the yeah. um the 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 film version of the ride. Yeah, but there's definitely I think there's a little bit of an asymmetry to the ride as well, yep. where depending which seat you sit in in the Tarago oh, yeah, yeah, depends yeah. on which role you play in the ride. Great. And so you have people going, oh, I played... I also have this the image that, that whoever the parents are of the family yep. have done a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Honey, I Reverse Time, and they've reverted back to their kid versions oh, of themselves. Swapped. Yeah, they're swapped. So there's no adults. Yep. It's, it's all just kids yep. between the ages of like uh, 2 and 15 yep. because the adults turn themselves into the kids and so yep. the kids are super smart so it's, it's so a very ensemble like, um kids sort of film this is big and freaky friday I it guess. is it's uh it's it's everything <laughs> it's everything yeah um, i love this idea and, and I, so like you, you want to be in the driver's seat for this first time around and that was really yep. good but the person who was sitting in the the robot the uh, uh android kid yep. seat it seemed to have a good time so they just immediately get off the ride circle back to the back of the line yeah because they want to play it through again as in someone all, else yeah all nine of the different roles and they here, have. here's the other thing as well we put in an achievement system into the ride so you get like a stamp on your on your uh, ride card, we don't know what the name of this ride yet because we haven't figured out the name of the film. But you made a stamp based on who, which character you played. So when you go back around, you can show them this and say you've played this character before, and you can play another character. And when you get all of them stamped, something else happens. So again, um, going back to what Disney's doing, and again, we we are using it as a benchmark. Let's not um, uh, let's not uh, try and pretend otherwise. Yeah. Apparently, with their Star Wars uh, theme uh, yeah. ride. Uh, if you're staying in the the hotel yep. and doing the whole sort of immersive thing, yep. apparently the staff members know how you performed on certain rides and will comment and say, "Hey, aren't you that kid who shot down three Tie Fighters on that ride?" Wow! And, and just like, holy, this is a a level of immersion Damn. that is unparalleled. These are the kind of heights that we need to be hitting. Yeah. So all of the staff members have to be briefed on all of the guests <laughs> and how they perform on each of the rides. Yeah. Yep. So when you come off, it's like, hey. Nice work, Android kid. Aren't you the one who killed the three giant octopuses in the yeah. underground water yeah. submarine level? Specifically, 
at this particular time. Yeah. I think we'll probably need some sort of like Google Glass. Yeah. Um, yeah they're all wearing Google Glass with facial recognition. And there's going to be a lot of technology. It's going to be Terminator here. style face scanning. <laughs> so all of the all of the park employees, the, the glasses scan the faces of the people and will bring up their list of achievements and all of the rides that they've yeah. been on. So they could uh, they can really, really like help these characters live in this world. Yes. Yeah. Um, this. I, I, I genuinely think that after we make this ride and all the technology is in it, someone's going to make a documentary about the perils of technology and just use our theme park as the prime example of, like, technology going too far. Um, I was... Yeah, I was thinking of stuff like if there's a character that becomes the axolotl at some stage and uh, oh, obviously they go... Then, like, at some point, the the ride will automatically put a headset over the top of them that alters their vision so that they have axolotl vision. Right. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know if they can see any differently to regular human beings, but I'm going to assume that that axolotl has axolotl powers. Infrared. Yeah, uh, see in the dark. And, like, that's the thing. The ride will go pitch black at that point. And it's up to the axolotl. It's about characters working together. Yeah. It's a big co-op game, basically. But it's still an on-rails ride. So basically (laughs) just, it stops at stages. That's the whole idea of it. Uh, Okay, great. So let's go back to the film for a second here. We've got the kind of like, uh, there needs to be an overarching story. So we've got a lot of scenarios, but I like the idea that there is an underlying plot that drives everything forward. I kind of feel like once we've got the ride established, it's up to whatever director that we hire to, to really dig into it and really yeah. expand that world. I, I, I feel as though if, if we're too prescriptive with what that film could be, we're really limiting that director's vision. It's true. I'm, I'm happy to have this sort of on-rails adventure ride. Yep. And it, I mean, to be fair, it is significantly more interactive and more adventure and more replayable than the Pirates of the Caribbean and Jungle Cruise, right? I yep. think we've, we've got the formula right there. Yep. I think we've got the asymmetrical uh, points of view. I think we've got good characters. Yep. If, you know, uh, Tim Burton or Gore Verbinski <laughs> or any one of those guys wants to come on board and start imagining what that would be yeah. like, like in a real world scenario, yep. whether it's Tim Burton reimagining like Planet of the Apes to be this weird yep. time traveling thing, yep. um, whether it's you know Gore Verbinski going, we're going to build practical sets with Taragos and and, I, and, and we're going to shoot all the Caribbean. I'm quite happy for him to do. Either I have of those to say things. that um, I think Pirates Three still holds the record as being one of the most expensive films ever made, and that was the last film that Gore Verbinski did on the Pirates uh, series. I'm kind of happy for him to do this one because, honestly, buying a Tarago is a lot cheaper <laughs> than building thousands and thousands of dollars worth of pirate ships. So, you know, Gore, if you're out there, you're not doing... I'm pretty sure you're in the uh, Netflix wasteland at the moment. You did that that weird film about um, uh, what's his... The, the guy from um, uh, Valerian being stuck in a madhouse and, and, like, this creepy psychological horror thing that was a complete and utter failure... Uh, but, you know, you're not doing much these days. Come and do... What are we going to call this film? Well, that's a good point. Is it... So, we're drawing on a lot of a <laughs> lot of IPs here. Um, is it just the name of the, the vehicle? Does the, like, you know, Terry the Tarago or whatever it happens yeah, to be? Is I, that, I, I, <laughs> that's obviously a horrible name. Um, is it though? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, is it like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is like, whoops, science. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I do like it being named after... The, the the Tarago because then you can do like Terry the Tarago rides again Terry, yeah Terry the Tarago um, terrific th- throughout, terror throughout the esophagus or whatever 
I think I think it needs to be alliterated. Like every single film or ride we make in the Terry the Tarago series needs to have an alliterated like name. So it's like Terry the Tarago, Toboggans to Terror or something. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, Are we going with Terry though? Is that is that um I mean I can't hear I can't see anything else right now. It's, it's one of those things where it was like <laughs> it was a placeholder suggestion and now it's just become the, well, uh, the look, only thing that my brain can think of. I can only assume that Jungle Cruise was a placeholder name as well <laughs> when they were doing the like blueprints for the for the theme park because that is a terrible name. Yeah. At least Pirates of the Caribbean has some well, I mean it's still exactly what it says on the yeah. tin, isn't it? But like what was the other one you said that you liked? Magic Mountain or um, Space Mountain? Spa- see, yeah, even that—that's just very literal. Yeah, see, you know what, Terry the Terry the Tarago. Um, I don't know. It has a nice like ring to it. Is it Terry Tarago or Terry the Tarago? Herbie, Herbie rides again. Well, does it need the last name of the family? Perhaps. Yeah, it's like the Swiss Family Robinson, sort yeah. of like. <laughs> Tarago Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Disney did a film called Meet the Robinsons uh, a few years back okay. as well. Yeah, and we, we don't want to get too on the nose. No. Uh, look, I'm still going for Terry the Tarago. I think I think that that's... Um, or like the, the Turner family Tarago. Okay, sure. <laughs> well, that's that's not too bad. I don't. I actually don't mind that as being the first one. Terry Turner the Tarago. Yeah, so, so Terry, I think the Turner family Tarago yep. is the first one, and yep. everyone's like, okay, I get that. And then the rest of them are like, Terry rides again, or yeah, like, yeah. Terry takes two <laughs> tablets to <laughs> try to tamp his <laughs> tear trauma. Time. Tear time. Um, yeah, so like whatever the alliterative thing is, is like, always it's like or Mighty Ducks like the first Mighty Ducks is known as yeah. Champions and then when it becomes the brand recognition is Mighty Ducks yeah. the first one we say was like the Turnley family Tarago yeah. and then when everyone latches on hey we yeah. t- Terry is the star of the show yep. the rest of the films are all named after him and then later we retcon it into episode 4, 5 and 6 and then go back and do the factory where Terry got made <laughs> uh, anyway yeah I like that that's great and then the, yeah the theme park ride no no spare no expense we will spare no expense whatever disney's doing with their star wars rides and their jungle cruises and their i think we're going to need to get in some haptic suits that like, are like oh you yeah, know, for feedback yeah. yeah vr absolutely um there's those you know those things that you can strap yourself into as a vr thing and that like you feels like you're flying because it like flaps your wings for you oh yeah yep, yep, yep. um we'll get those big air tanks that you can like you know skydive into as well i don't know how oh that yeah sure we can the... we can do like i like the idea of like heat guns and stuff like that so it feels like when you're going through the volcano with lava you're actually yep. feeling the heat blow against your skin yeah yep. we'll um, just get some hot water flowing through the the system now, see this is all small scale we need to go much much we need bigger to go much this. much bigger uh well look we'll need to investigate some emerging technologies you know whatever whatever facebook's got cooking or whatever google's got up their sleeve um that's still an r&d we'll just take it and use it um and then, yeah, we'll just create the ultimate theme park ride, uh, which will then be rebooted into another film yeah. later on. All right, great. That is a wrap on the Turner family Tarago. Housekeeping as per usual, we are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios and some other bits and pieces, including Mufuza Wudada, the absolutely massively incomplete list of films that we've made on this podcast. We are on Facebook, Twitter, uh, in- Instagram sometimes and various other forms of social media where we post bits and pieces like animations or um, I don't know, trailers stuff that we feel like posting whenever we have a second. If you like the Turners 
need a soundtrack to your life, if you've got too many scientific endeavors and you need something to listen to while you're busily splitting the atom, how about our podcast? You can listen to it on iTunes, uh, YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, Podcast, Pod Sprout, Pod Seedling, uh, <laughs> Pod Germinate, any other, any of the other you know name brand podcast providers. You will find our podcast on. All that remains is to once again thank you for listening this week. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Martin.